Welcome back to J. Tom Lawler Rink on the campus of Merrimack Hall. It's a score at the end of two periods. It's 15th ranked Providence 2 and Merrimack 2. This is Mike Nackford alongside John Leahy. And tonight's second intermission is brought to you by Merrimack Graduate Studies. At Merrimack, you can earn your master's degree in as little as one year. Choose from graduate programs in business, education, engineering, health sciences, criminology, and so much more. Visit merrimack.edu backslash graduate today for all the details. Mike McMahon joins us from the Mac Report. Com, the Eagle Tribune, College Hockey News, and also Hootsazone.net. And uh, no, I'll tell you, Mike, uh, these two games, you know, didn't necessarily know what you get from a team that uh, knew coming into the weekend wasn't going to make the playoffs and a Merrimack team. And you look at last night's game and tonight's game, you you wouldn't know that this is a team that uh, is not headed to the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, we were just talking about it last night. You look at their you look at their record in league, and, and while the record isn't great, they're obviously going to finish out of the playoffs this year. Their goal differentials. Minus 10, which, if you look around, is look around the rest of the league, it's better than UNH, it's better than UConn, uh, so for whatever reason... For, for whatever reason, their their uh, their goal differential is, is not that bad. <laughs> you know, yeah. now, they're going to be out of the playoffs, but like I said, they're going to have a better goal differential. At least right now, they have a better goal differential than UConn and UNH, two teams that are ahead of them. In, in one case, uh, pretty well ahead of them in the standings. So uh, they've been able to keep it tight in these league games. We, we talked about it yesterday. I think it was off the air about the number of one goal losses they have. Uh, finding a way to finish the season strong. I mean, what do you, what, what's really the message other than hey, we got three games left. Let's, let's do the best we can with them. Uh, they came on, I thought, and played a really good game last night. Uh, survived late when Providence was making that push with about five minutes left. And then really outside of maybe the first ten minutes of this game tonight, uh, it's played a relatively even game. I mean, you look at the numbers. 2-2 game of the two period shots are 21-21. Just about everything is tied. So <laughs> pretty even game here, too. Yeah, and then you look at it on, on the face of it, right? It's one team that, you know... Again, just kind of looking at it from afar, it seems to not have anything to play for because this season's going to be over on Thursday no matter what happens versus a Providence team that's battling not only to make sure that they get into the playoffs and potentially get home ice, but also they're in a precarious position right now for the NCAA tournament. So, you know, given that that's the case, I mean, it's don't know what's going to happen here in the third period, but uh, I, I have to imagine Scott Forrest's going to be pretty happy with what he's seen this weekend. I would think so, yeah. I mean, if you're Providence, you're going to be playing pretty desperate right now. Uh, like you said, they're... they're They've put themselves in a really precarious position from, from an NCAA tournament standpoint, and they look like a team at Christmas time that was probably going to be a lock uh, or, or pretty close to it. Uh, their their fault, the amount of which they've kind of fallen apart here in the second half, has been really surprising to me. Uh, they are a younger team. I expect them to, to struggle early and finish strong, and it's been the opposite. You know, they, they started strong and are kind of struggling down the stretch here. There's still time for them to turn it around. I mean. They'll be in the Hockey East tournament, so even if uh, you know, even if they're they're on the outside looking in from an at-large bid, they can win Hockey East and still get in the NCAA tournament. And regardless of where they finish and how they're playing right now, I mean, we saw what BC did last year. They, they when they lose like six or seven or eight in a row there at the end of the season, they made it all the way to the Hockey East championship game. This team is better than that BC team, so I mean, we could we could see them go on a run in the tournament and, and win uh, an automatic bid. I, that wouldn't surprise me at all, but. Uh, They've, they've got to find a way to get I mean, whether it's Vermont last weekend where they struggled or, or, or Merrimack this weekend, if you're Providence and you're right in that NCAA bubble, these are games you have to win. 
and I think it is a good point. I mean, we can say it as you know, neutral observers that it is still a Providence team that pro- may have uh, you know overachieved through much of the season just based on the guys they lost, you know, injuries and so on, and the fact that you know so many of the teams we talked about, Dugan and Thompson, the first time they've had 40-point scores, dual 40-point scores in what 17 years, and they're sophomores. You know, these are the guys leading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, at any rate, uh, I want to take a look now, and of course uh, tonight and Thursday night be the last time we have a chance to talk to you. Kind of looking back at the season for Merrimack, and uh, you know the record's going to be similar to last year, at least overall. In the league, though, they've already improved from 10 to 15 points, with a possibility of adding more to that. You know, either tonight or Thursday, and uh, you know, so overall, I've got to think that. Uh, you know, first year of Scott Bork's tenure to the second year, it's a progression. I mean, it's an improvement over last year, and, and that's obviously something they're going to want to see next year as well. Yeah, and you got to remember the number of freshmen they have. I mean, we talked the first time we did one of these back at the beginning of the year. Uh, I remember saying, you know, I don't think this year is about the, the record as much as it's going to be about uh, was there a progression? Are, are they better now than they were at the beginning of the year? And I think the, the league record is evidence of that because most of those games at the beginning of the year were non conference games. And some of those were, were blowouts. Yeah. Uh, but you know what else? By the way, you're talking about a league where nine teams are hovering around that you know NCAA tournament uh, potential. You know, having potential if any of them go on a run, that could happen. Or, or as well as those nine teams being at least until this weekend, any of them could have finished anywhere from first to ninth. So it's not like it's been a weak league this year. No, no, not at all. So I, I think the fact that we've, we've seen them play their best hockey and hockey East games, and a lot of those have come in the second half of the year. That's a good time. I mean, I think that that shows some growth. That shows kind of that progression that we were looking for. Uh, and on top of that, I mean, I was looking at the numbers before we came here, before I came down here. Uh, quite a few freshmen uh, are, have hit the double-digit scoring mark. And it's been a while. I, I think that Brett Cini class had quite a few that did as well, but probably it's been since then that we've really seen. I mean, Regan Kimmins is up over 10 points. Ben Brar's over 10 points. Ewins and Carlisle are both, you, know, Ewins and Carlisle's over 20. Ewins might get there as well. Uh, so there's, there's Matt Welsh up over 10 points, I believe. So there's a lot of guys uh, for, a, a t- for a freshman to score. I think for a freshman to score anywhere from 10 to 20 points, uh, that's, a, that's a pretty good freshman year. They've got a number of guys that are on that, that pace or, or that have already been there. I mean, you look at a guy like Logan Drevich last year who was kind of right around there. I think he was, I don't remember off camera, probably 10 or 12 points as a freshman. He looks like he could be a 20-point scorer here as a sophomore. So uh, when you have guys that hit that, that double-digit mark as freshmen, I think it's realistic that you kind of see them almost hit that 20-point mark as sophomores. A lot of time that you kind of see that growth. Uh, we've seen it with Chase Kreesock. who was 24 points, I think it was, as a freshman. He's almost there now uh, as a sophomore, but you got to remember he missed eight games or whatever it was at the beginning of the year. So uh, there's been progression from his game as well. Just up and down the roster, really, with the exception of Tyler Irvine, most of their top scores, freshman sophomores. Uh, you know, freshman sophomore. If you look at the list, it's like freshman sophomore, freshman sophomore. So that, that's got to be exciting. Yeah, I want to talk more about that, you know, and how how the lineup projects going forward maybe on Thursday, but probably a good time tonight, especially with Irvine scoring the goal, you know, to talk about the guys they are going to lose. And so, you know, as we look at the uh, at, at the uh, stats, for example, two of the top three scorers in Irvine and Tavernier will graduate and move on, you know, as well as Tyler Drevich and Griff Jessica as well. You can look at other categories, too. They're the top two in power play goals, Irvine and Tavernier. And Irvine had another power play goal tonight. Um, you know, Irvine leading in goal obviously to Vernier's fourth uh, the number two and three players in assists uh, number two and three in shots so they've been getting a lot of their chances as well so you know these are two guys that uh, are having career years I think this season 
and certainly are going to be missed. And we you know we can talk more maybe later about how they're going to be, you know, how other guys are going to try to step into those roles and so on. But I mean, this is again talking about Scott Bork and what he's seen. He's got to be proud, I think, of the fact that these two guys are playing that well. And I think they both they both probably have. I don't know what you're hearing or anything. Both have a pretty good chance to uh, to get an ATO in the you know in the American League when the season is over. Yeah, I would think so. You know, it's going to be interesting to see. That we talk about the freshmen and where, where they've kind of stood when when guys like Tavernier and Irvine aren't here next year. Who takes that opportunity to step up? Because those shots are going to go to something. Yeah. Greaselock, for one. Yeah, but I mean, like even a guy like Irvine last year, he's had a career year this year in large part because there's more opportunity. So he's putting himself in that position too, which is, which is sure. something that's good to see for sure. Uh, but I, I think you know, most of the time, goals for over the course of a year, shots for over the course of a year, those, those numbers are going to be fairly close. Uh, so I think when when you have guys like like a Tyler Irvine who's played a lot of power play time. Uh, he's top six forward all year long. When you lose a guy like that, it now gives an opportunity for maybe a Mac Welsher to step into that role. Or, or you know, I think when, when you have seniors that graduate, especially seniors that, that are playing well and play a lot, it, it opens up a lot more time for another guy to kind of rise to the occasion. And we've seen that. I mean, we've seen guys late in their career, like a Brian Christie from a few years ago, have a really big senior year. And you're like, where did this come from? Some of it is just it came from having a lot more opportunity. Uh, because guys that, that had those roles ahead of him in the roster were no longer there, and he had to step. You, you need to be able to step up and do it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. Tyler Irvine has, has seized that opportunity. You need guys that are, that are able to seize that opportunity. Uh, but I think, you know, especially with those two, there's going to be opportunities next year for some of these freshmen we talked about to step up and take a large role. All right, thanks a lot, Mike. Wish we had more time, but we will on Thursday. We'll talk more on Thursday. Uh, great to see you, and uh, we'll pass along the information for folks to check out your work. Thanks again, Mike. All right, we'll see you Thursday. All right, that's Mike McMahon from the MacReport.com, Eagle Tribune, College Hockey News, and New. NutriZone.net. The score here is 2-2 after 2. Back with more right after this. This is Warrior Hockey.